Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm Beckler. Amid to the end of this long stretch without Shauna, which is probably a good thing. Uh, if you've listened to this show for a while, I always talk about how at the end of one of Shauna's long spells away, the show gets pretty weird as I run out of things to talk about. And today is no different. There are a couple, there's some weird things on today's show. It's also some things I'm pretty pumped about, though. This podcast looks a little different in the way that it's laid out because um, in the middle, there's a I have a, a long chat with a very interesting Norwegian dude that I was put in touch with. I wanted to learn a little bit about more about Norway. And through a friend of a friend of a friend, I got in touch with this guy, Ula. Uh, and Ula and I did like a, a, a Teams, a Microsoft Teams video chat. He was in a curling rink in Norway. We are both wearing our toques, winter countries. Uh, and I, I learned a lot from Ula. So I think you'll enjoy that. We're going to talk about the most populous countries. Canadian titles in the British aristocracy, they exist One of the nicest messages I've received from a friend of the show in a while. I want to read that to you. A part of Black History Month that I'm not going to celebrate. Pale Kids. And one of my favorite stories that I don't think I've ever told on the podcast before. After your out of context clip. Oh, also, since you won't hear from me again in the middle, the uh, Beckler and Shauna podcast is brought to you by Shane Homes. They've built almost 16,000 homes in Calgary and the surrounding area. Over 11,000 of those have been customized by the customer. So that's just how common their affordable customization is. Building or buying, consider Shane Homes. ShaneHomes.com, the better way to build. Mm, pale kids, the palest little kids you've ever seen. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was at the gym yesterday and I was watching this guy play badminton while talking on the phone. Like he was having, having a full-on badminton game with a friend. But he was talking on the phone the whole time. Not on Bluetooth either. He was holding the phone up to his ear. And he looked like he was playing pretty well, too. I mean, badminton, I guess you don't need both hands. You, you grip the racket with just the one hand. The other one, I guess, is free to be on the phone. You think it would definitely hinder you, though. It would hinder the way you could move. Also, if I was the other guy, I'd be pissed if I was losing to a guy on the phone. <laughs> But this reminded me of a story that I heard quite a few years ago from a guy I used to work with. Oh, man. So he said he was playing uh, like adult rec hockey, and they were playing against the team of all Lebanese dudes. And they were he was in front of the net, and he was battling for position with one guy, and he kind of gave him a bump, and the guy's cell phone fell out of his hockey pants onto the ice. <laughs> and this guy bent down, picked up the cell phone, looked at my buddy and said... That's Lebanese hockey. And skated to the bench. <laughs> like hockey pants don't have pockets or anything. It was just tucked in there. 
And then I guess he takes a shift, and then when he's back on the bench, he can get some business done. Or maybe he was expecting an important call or something. <laughs> he looks at my friend and says, that's Lebanese hockey. Like, you got to accept it, man. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was at my youngest son's soccer game the other day, and I was thinking, man, some of these little kids are pale. Holy crap. Like, I get it's the middle of winter, but have you ever been outside? Whiter than Whiter than white. Is there a competition I don't know about? Like, who will be crowned the palest little kid? Pale kids. The palest little kids you've ever seen. And here they come. The contestants for this year's palest little kid. Whoa, put your sunglasses on for seven-year-old Marcus, who's the same shade as the full moon. Little Sophia looks like she's been shut away in a musty cellar working over a loom. Hey Noah, did you fall asleep on the beach? Next up, welcome Jasper, or should we call him Casper? Jasper looks like he died of pneumonia and someone forgot to tell him. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? Is it Charlotte? She's so fair, she's barely there. Sun hat? Rash guard? That has to be Nicholas, whose ivory skin has never seen the light. And is that a sheet of puckboard? No, it's Emma. Don't lose her in a snowstorm, Dad. Your 2024 contestants for Palest Little Kid. If you spend any time discussing political or social issues, you may have found, as I have, that the longer the discussion goes on, the better chance there is that somebody is going to bring up Norway. Someone's going to talk about how they do things in Norway and how great Norway is. Almost to the point that it's become a meme at this point, and we need a name for it. Like, what's the opposite of Godwin's Law? What can we call it when someone invokes Norway? And they'll be like, well, in Norway, they do it like this. And I'm like, well, if Norway is so great, why don't you marry it? And there's a couple of reasons I don't think that the Norway comparison always works. I mean, for one, they're a unique case. They're a very small, wealthy country, 5 million people, like a trillion dollars in oil. It would be like if Alberta was always independent and sat on a coast. Do you know how wealthy we would be? You know, Saudi Arabia doesn't pay any taxes at all. Should we be more like Saudi Arabia or are they a bit different? Especially if you're comparing like the United States to Norway, apples and oranges. The other thing is I'm sure Norway is not perfect either. The way some people out here talk about Norway, you would think that they don't have any problems at all. And I know they got some problems because everywhere has their problems. It's like that family across the street that seems to have the perfect life. But you know, you know, behind closed doors, they got some problems going on. And I want to know what those problems are. So through a friend of a friend of a friend, I was put in touch with Ula Helland. Ula's in Norway right now. He's at a curling rink, actually. Ula, are there problems in Norway? Yeah, there absolutely is. But uh, on a global scale, I think they're minor. <laughs> but the big scandal right now in Norway is that our Minister of Education got caught in cheating on her master thesis. So oh. somebody clever person took uh, her master thesis, ran it through uh, ChatGDP and said, compare this to other texts about the subjects and found out like a lot of it was just copy paste. Uh, and she's the minister of education. Uh, and she just had to recite on the day. Um, but that makes everybody very scared because AI can now catch you in all your previous lies. <laughs> um, 
So that's that's one of the big things currently in Norway, which is kind of it's not corruption, but it's uh, a high-profile politician a lie and being caught way like, too late. Like you said, though, fairly minor on the global scale, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, and. And uh, the solution is just immediate. Like, all right, then you have to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can't be a minister of education if you've cheated on your master theses. So it's super easily fixable, but it's uh, it, be, it becomes it's what everybody talks about for a couple of weeks because we don't have a lot to talk about. What about on a more personal level? What about just the average Norwegian in in their day to day? What what would be the the struggles yeah. they would deal with? So the big struggle for me and I guess every other Norwegian right now is uh, electricity prices because okay. uh, they've uh, now become uh, non-fantasy-like because <laughs> uh, Norway is basically self-sufficient on hydropower uh, so we can cover all of our needs and it's super easy and super cheap to produce this power. So it's electricity has basically been free for decades. Wow. Uh, and then... Uh, some clever person said, if it's we can produce that much, let's sell it. So they built these uh, huge cables down to Europe. Uh, and now we're selling our power, um, our, our, our electricity, uh, and we make a lot of money, but then we don't have enough electricity for ourselves. So we buy it back. We buy dirty coal energy from Germany to Norwegians, and that's more expensive. So now, for me, my electricity bill has been like 20-fold. Uh, in wow. the last two years. Uh, so it's gone from being free, something you don't really think about until this is a problem. No kidding. Um, what about in terms of, of like cost of living in other aspects of the, like, I know wages are high in Norway, but taxes are high as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I think an average Norwegian pays close to 50% in taxes of your wages. So even though if we make a lot of money, we still pay a lot of money. Uh, and then another thing is we have these, um, uh, what's it called, like toll plazas, where you pay a fee to go through uh, certain roads mm-hmm. when you drive a car. Uh, and uh, those have increased and uh, uh, increased in their price and increased in their numbers. So now we have to pay more money to drive our cars. Uh, and they're, of course, strategic place where people drive a lot. So it affects people who, like I have two kids. I have to take my kids for soccer practice uh, and I have to go through a toll plaza. So it costs me quite a lot of money to get my kids to soccer practice now. Do you drive an electric vehicle? Yes, most people do in Norway. Uh, it's almost rare to see a non-electric car. Our government's pushing to have all vehicles, all the new vehicle sales go electric by 2035. But we're we're looking at issues with the charging infrastructure. Did you guys run into trouble with that? I know you said electricity was basically free for the longest time, but is there enough power? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, and our infrastructure is actually pretty good. Uh, getting charged, the, pr- the problem in Norway, like in Canada, is that it's cold in the winter, right? And that's not good for batteries. Uh, but we now have a pretty good infrastructure for charging e-vehicles. Uh, so that's really not an issue. The issue now is that uh, a lot of Norwegians bought electric cars because it was basically free fuel. Electricity was free. So we, we just we didn't think of it as having any extra cost after you bought the car. Then it's just it's free to use. Uh, and it's not anymore because now electricity has increased right. its price. So it's no longer free. So now you have to pay for fuel for an electric car, which for the 10 years in Norway, you didn't. So that's why everybody got an electric car because it's free. What's the housing situation like in Norway? Like what is what is an average house in the suburbs cost? Ah. Uh, uh, I don't know the conversion, but uh, in Norwegian kroner, 
uh, an average house is a house is easily six seven million Norwegian kroner. Okay, I can do the conversion on that after and see what that works out to Canadian dollars. Hey, I did the conversion uh, for you, and seven million Norwegian kroner is about eight hundred and ninety one thousand Canadian dollars. And is there is there enough housing to go around? Yes. Yep. That's not actually that's a second huge issue that we have is that we are now uh, we have enough housing, but yet we're building uh, like a secondary home. A lot of Norwegians have two homes. Uh, <laughs> we call it ca- it's like a cabin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and this is uh, now so widespread that we're losing a lot of our nature. So that is actually this uh, winter and fall has been a huge topic in Norway. How like how much of our nature will be destroyed to build secondary housing for people? Like you have it's your second house. Wow. So <laughs> and we're destroying our nature and we're very proud of our nature. Uh, but now they've done all these calculations. Like we're we're on a fast path of just destroying everything about uh, the Norwegian nature. What about healthcare? Like, do you, does everybody have a family doctor? What are your wait times like if you need surgery or? Ah, that's pretty good. Uh, that's it's all free uh, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a citizen, it's all free. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, everybody has uh, a GP. Uh, you're actually required to have one. So if you don't pick one, you will be assigned one. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so everybody has one, and you can go to that person, and it's free. Uh, and if you need surgery, uh, you might have to wait a couple of weeks, depending on how serious it is. Uh, but it, it, it's not an it's a non-issue. So everything you're telling me so far makes it seem like the claims that Norway has it figured out are true. Like it's, it sounds like it's a pretty good <laughs> place to live. I know you've you've been all over the world. You've been to what fifty five countries or something. Yeah. Have you been to Canada? I have several times. Yeah. Where in Canada did you go? Toronto and Vancouver. Um, and if you weren't living in Norway, where would you want to live? Ah, to have an interesting life, I would want to live in Namibia or Vietnam. Okay. If I want to have a, a comfortable, uh, relaxing life. Uh, I would stay in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> so with all this great stuff that Norway has going on, um, do you have an influx of immigrants? Are there lots of people trying to come into the country? And, and what, is the, what is the average Norwegian's view on immigration? Uh, average there is difficult. It's, it's very polarized, I would say. Uh, we do have a lot of work immigrants, uh, usually coming from Poland. Okay. And, um, actually, usually from Poland. Uh, and uh, so... Norwegians have become spoiled, so we all have high wages and we, everybody lives a comfortable life. There's nobody, if you live a bad life in Norway, you've chosen that. Uh, you're, you're covered. If you don't have a job, you will get money from the government and you will have housing. Everything is, everything is covered. If, you, if you're homeless, that's a choice in Norway. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, so that means that we have increased our um, standard of living. Uh, to the point where we no longer want to take the dirty jobs. Um, so that's where the Polish work immigrants usually come in. Uh, and uh, they pick our strawberries and they wash our houses and uh, all that stuff. Which is, I think, pretty standard. Whenever there's a large, wealthy country, it has another country nearby that it draws labor from for those jobs, right? Yep. yep. So it's it's textbook uh, kind of thing. And, and that is, of course, very welcomed uh, because they're taking the jobs that no Norwegians really want. Uh, so, and that it, it creates other problems where there's so almost like two classes of people, mm-hmm. uh, but it has been kind of mitigated. I don't see that in my daily life, uh, at all, but I do know there's issues of people not feeling integrated and stuff. Um, but it's not any major issue. 
This uh, this might be a difficult question to answer, but I know you have a fairly global perspective on it. How much of how much of this do you think is it comes from Nor- Norway's natural bounty? You know, I know you're a big oil producer and a very wealthy small country. And how much is just due to the attitudes of of Norwegians and the the willingness to pay higher taxes and to to put money into social services and that sort of thing? Yeah, so uh, there's a deep-seated tradition in Norway, uh, and the Norwegian word, it doesn't really translate into any other language, it's called dugnad, which basically means you work for free for the common good. Um, and that is very deep-seated, and we have dugnads all the time in our local communities and uh, for schools and the soccer teams and everything, where uh, it's expected that people... Uh, give their time to work for something if it causes a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that feels like it's a very Norwegian thing. Uh, it's very important. It's ingrained in our DNA. Uh, and that makes sort of everybody chip in. Uh, so there are, of course, somebody who cheats on the system and says that they can't work, but they really can, but they just get money. There's a few of those. But mm-hmm. then I think the Norwegian attitude that is, all right, so there's a few of them, but everybody else is everything. That's fine. Um, so, but we have been lucky. I mean, oil uh, has made us a, like the richest country in the world. Uh, I think uh, the Norwegian Pension Fund, it's called, where uh, like Norway owns all our oil mm-hmm. and we rent out the rights to pump it out. Uh, but nobody can buy Norwegian oil. It's all Norwegian. Uh, so we get all uh, cuts of all of that income. Uh, and that's a really smart deal that we made. Actually, an Iranian guy helped us sign that deal when uh, we first found oil. The Americans came and said, ah, we, we got this, just sell it to us and we'll, we'll take care of it. Uh, and we said, actually, no, let's think about this. And that has basically saved us for generations. Uh, so when COVID hits, uh, like artists uh, have no way of earning any income anymore. So they will get their income paid for the government and we'll just take some of that oil money that we've saved up for a rainy day. COVID was a rainy day. And we spent that money, some of that money. So, and that sort of builds trust that this is the works and you're taken care of. So when shit hits the fan, don't worry, we'll fix it. Uh, and we've sort of shown that uh, Norway has earned that trust because when shit has hit the fan, they've, they've stepped up their game and held the word. So you kind of took the, the Saudi Arabian approach just without all the oppression, hey? Is that... <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. well, I want to let you get back to your curling game, but I just, for my own curiosity, I just wanted to ask about your time in North Korea before I let you go. Sure, what do you want to know? Well, I, you're the only person I've ever met who set foot in, in North Korea, so what took you there and what was it like? Yeah, uh, uh, curiosity took me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for 10 days. Uh, I was alone, uh, and you can't go uh, alone. Like, I was traveling alone, but you can't go alone. So I was assigned guides uh, who were basically uh, making sure I saw what the government wants me to see and not anything else. Uh, so I had these uh, three people following me everywhere, mm-hmm. and I was constantly under surveillance. Uh, and they <laughs> they knew things about me that uh, they uh, could only really know if they've read my email. Uh, which was uh, frightening. Wow. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I spend 24-7 with these people. Uh, so we eat our meals together. And then suddenly he said, they, one of them said, uh, he was curious because my girlfriend at the time was in Malaysia uh, traveling. And he said, why, are, why isn't your uh, girlfriend joining you when she's also in Asia? <laughs> and and, and we, we recently got together uh, and we write emails together uh, on Norwegian dialect even. So you can't even Google translate the emails. So wow. somebody who knew my local version of Norwegian 
had read my email and told them stuff about me. That's spooky. Uh, so they did their homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like, ah, maybe I should get out of here. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. Well, I, I really appreciate your time. And I think you're a, you come across as quite a good ambassador for your country. So, um, yeah, I'm proud of being Norwegian. I, I think it's a good thing. I think more people should look to Norway. Uh, but having said that, I think more people should look to Canada as well, honestly. <laughs> uh, I, I read this, or I made this uh, podcast for my kids where I tell stories uh, from uh, my travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have one episode from Canada. Uh, and it's the shortest one because it's basically uh, go to Canada and you meet the nicest people you ever met. And the story I have from Vancouver is that uh, uh, I was sitting next to a very busy road, uh, lots of traffic, uh, and there was uh, somebody lost their hamburger or something on the middle of the street. And there was a seagull trying to eat it. And he was stressing out because cars were coming. So he went flew back and forth, back and forth. And this Canadian guy went from outside, inside a restaurant, he went out into this traffic and moved a hamburger to the side so the bird could eat uh, in peace. And I was like, that's the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. That's the kindest thing. Like, he risked his life going into like super traffic, uh, a busy road to help a bird have a more peaceful meal. Like, uh, hands down, that's, that's, that's my kind of people. Do you still do your podcast? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want me to link it in the description to my podcast, just send me the link and I'd be happy to. Yeah. Um, It's in Norwegian. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be much use to us. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, average Norwegian man, Ula Helland. Thank you very much, dude. You're welcome. Anytime. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I had to pick up my kids from school yesterday and like early. So I had to go into the school and tell the secretary to get them and stuff. And uh, they have it. So it's, it's black history month right now. So they have a display up in the entrance of the school as you come in for black history month and celebrating some very prominent black figures internationally, more locally. So like there was, they had like a, a piece on MLK and Desmond Tutu and Harriet Tubman. And then even some uh, very famous Black people from Alberta, John Ware, the cowboy, love John Ware, one of my personal favorites, uh, Sugarfoot and Vernetta Anderson. And then also on this display was Aubrey Graham, who you will know better as Drake, arguably my least favorite artist in the whole world. I don't know. Him and Morgan Wallen are in a pretty tight battle for number one. They're one and two for sure. Drake and Morgan Wallen can't stand either of them. But, like, one of these things is not like the other. Hey, you got, like, MLK and Harriet Tubman, Vernetta Anderson, and then Drake. Boo! Boo! Sir, are you booing the Black History Month display? No, 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 just the, just this one part of it, just the Drake part of it. The rest is great. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I got to share this message with you that I got from a friend of the show the other day. So, if you'll remember, I don't know if you were listening or not this time last week, but I was telling you about a friend of mine whose husband is a pilot and she had posted this video of her two little kids out on the front steps waving goodnight to their dad's plane as it flew overhead. Yeah, see you night. Love you, dada. And then we got talking about the difficulties of being a parent and working away from your kids and that sort of thing. And I just, I'll read this message and I'll leave this friend anonymous just because, but um, said, I was presented with an opportunity last week to take a new job that would put me home off the tools and work half as many hours. I've been with the company for many years, so this was a really hard thing to consider. While driving home, I was really contemplating the offer, going back and forth, and then I heard the What Are You Grateful For segment from last week about the kids pointing up at their dad in the plane, and it just helped solidify things, and I quit my job and accepted the new offer this week. 
He said, I would have done it anyway, so don't worry. I'm not saying it was the only cause of that. Uh, you always joke about how, where'd the rest of this go? You always joke about how the show is so, so stupid and just a bunch of nonsense. But I just wanted to say, I'm really grateful I found the show. It's really changed the worst part of my day, the morning, into one of the best. And that's true. I mean, oftentimes, Mishana, in my perspective, it feels like we're just goofing around, you know? And then you get a message like that every once in a while, and it means a lot. The Beckler and Shana Podcast. I'm starting to worry about these Euler fan Terries, man. I got sent this video from friend of the show, Jonathan, and it's uh, one of those mini trucks, you know, like a mini brood or whatever they call them, driving down the highway. It's got a big screen TV on the back, like strapped to the back of it, and it's showing Connor McDavid highlights. I guess just for the vehicles that are driving behind, just spreading the good word about Connor. This level of obsession with a single hockey player, I don't think it's healthy. It's becoming almost religious, isn't it? Like, did you ever see that car that used to drive around town and it, it was pulling a trailer and the trailer had a digital billboard on the back that would just cycle through different Jesus messages? That's a pretty wild thing to do, isn't it? Like, that is, I would say, outside the realm of what most people are doing. This is that. This is exactly the same. It's like the super religious people who make everyone a little bit uncomfortable to give off the cult vibes. Some Oiler fans are at that level now. If these Terrys start moving to a compound out in the country, all wearing the same number 97 jersey, getting the same <laughs> stupid McDavid haircut, we should be deeply concerned, I think. Connor has blessed us with two points tonight. Truly a wondrous day. He is good. Tonight, we shall slaughter a goat and repent for Connor. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. My brother was telling me about this place he's considering going to stay in Belgium. It's this famous house that was designed by a Canadian lord. That's kind of a funny concept, isn't it? Like a Canadian lord? And maybe this is top of mind because my wife McKenna and I are watching Downton Abbey right now. And, you know, like it's all about the English aristocracy and that. It's such an interesting thing, these titles and positions, like the peerage and the landed gentry and all this. Like, I'm glad here in North America, we basically said piss on that. <laughs> We're not really about that stuff here, are we? The family titles and the respect they're supposed to command and all that. Like, you could be the son of a billionaire and I'll still call you a goof if you're being a goof. But there are still, I guess, a handful of titles kicking around in Canada. I was reading about a bit, a bit about this last night. So there's one from the French system that's still active in Canada. There are four from the British, and then there are a couple titles that were bestowed more recently. So there's Baron Strathcona and Mount Royal of Quebec. Baron Shaughnessy, also of Montreal, Baron Beaverbrook of New Brunswick, and Baron Morris of Newfoundland. And all of these titles are currently held by, by British men, no Canadians. Um, and there are no baronages in Alberta either. <laughs> You're telling me there's no Baron Lloyd Minster? I think Baron Lloyd Minster is actually a roving title, and it goes to whoever gets the waitress's number that night. That guy is considered to be Baron Lloyd Minster. I was also thinking it's probably a good thing that none of the current barons of these places actually live in Canada because there aren't many Canadians who would even know what to do with that. If you met someone, say you met someone, and they're like, I'm the fourth Baron Shaughnessy of the ancestral seat Colonsey house, you'd be like, cool, man. Don't know what any of that is. Drop your mitts. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I promised you the show was going to get weird by the... By the end of it, when Shauna goes away for a long spell, um, by the end, I'm kind of running out of stuff to talk about and it gets a little weird. You thought my my fake beauty pageant for pale little kids that I played earlier 
was weird. I'll try this on. Um, a friend, an Instagram friend of mine posted a photo recently, and she's pregnant right now. And she was at the, the beach somewhere on vacation. And I noticed that she had on her belly um, what some pregnant women will get. It's like a black line that runs like uh, vertically down the middle of the belly, the middle of the pregnant abdomen. And it's called the linea nigra. That is the term for it. I think it, I think it just means dark line, if is the translation. Um, and I was going <laughs> to point it out on her photo, but then I was like, hang on a second, Beckler. You can't be commenting on pregnant women's linea nigras on Instagram or really anywhere. I mean, it's not, it's not really my place to point out your linea nigra. But McKenna had one when she was pregnant. Now, whenever I saw it, I would say, Linea Negra. The and Shauna Podcast. For Atlas Pizza, this is the Friday Morning Pizza Chat. I was late. having pizza tonight you should have pizza too you should treat yourself we're talking pizza right now though i passed a, a pizza delivery vehicle in my neighborhood the other day you know with like the light box up on top showing the the restaurant it's from uh, it was a half ton truck though and i was thinking alberta has to be one of the only places in the world where somebody would deliver pizza in a half ton truck <laughs> like it's not very economic is it Gonna be if your goal is to like maximize products. I think drivers pay for their own gas, don't they? So if you're like burning tr- gas while flying Zaws around, that's not the most profitable business model. Then again, I mean, here in Alberta, I have uh, I've been picked up by an Uber driver that was in a half ton. I remember when I first moved here, we had food delivered for somewhere, and the woman pulled up in like a, a Ford F two fifty. I was like, are you even making any money running this food around? Or are you just, is this just an excuse to get out and drive your truck? We're in God's country here. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Justin from X Middays and our producer Manning are in studio for the last of the week's difficult quizzes. Uh, <laughs> this is it. Last time I'm putting you guys in the hot seat. Uh, could you name, it's another geography one. Okay. Could you name... The top 10 countries in the world by population. By population. By population. Minute and a half. Let's go. Okay. China, China, India. India yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they are like disputed number ones right now, wow, depending on the count. Yeah. United States. United States is three. There's a huge gap, though. Both China and India have a billion more people than the United States. Yeah. 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 And uh, then there's going to be a log jam. Uh, yes. Australia. No. Russia. Not even close. Russia is number nine. Okay. 146 million Russians. The UK. No. Wow. Um, Brazil? Brazil is number seven. 200 million uh, people. Japan. I know it's tiny, but... Japan's number 11. Just Whoa, out of the top 10. You're close. You're close. There's, uh, there are a couple of countries that are like deceivingly big. There's one that I think everybody always forgets just because... Spain? Not Spain. Mexico. Mexico's number 10. Mm, 130 million people. I'm climbing the ladder here. Mexico City itself has like... 25 million yeah, people, doesn't it? Canada yeah, it's yeah. stupid big. You ever seen those photos where it's just like houses as far as you can see oh, rolling yeah. over each hill? Yeah. Yeah, massive city. Okay. So you're missing number eight, number six, number five, and number four. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Can you give us a continent? Yes. Uh, one is two are in Asia. Okay. One is in Africa. One's in the Middle East. One's in Africa. Uh, actually, no. Three in Asia. One in Africa. South Africa. No. Egypt. Uh, no, Egypt's big, but it's not that big. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the number four country. I, I I haven't met a whole lot of people from there, so it's kind of deceiving. Venezuela. No. Colombia. No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't in Asia either. <laughs> or Africa, Justin. Ah, the great Asian nation of Venezuela. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for him to figure that one out. All right, all right, all right. Okay. I need to see, like, I, well, I, I'm a visual learner, so, so I need to saw the map. I, if I saw uh, the map, I'd start. Indonesia. Indonesia's number four. Yeah. 280 million people in Indonesia. Wow. It's massive. Okay. That's in Asia. That's in Asia. Yeah, okay. Okay. Asia, just, yeah. Yeah. Just I'm, I'm marking it off visually in my head. Okay. Africa. We're still looking for the African country. Yeah. Um, you're out of time, fellas. No. 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 Give us more time. Okay. One is one of uh, India's neighbor. Pakistan. I'd say, yeah. Pakistan's number five. Yeah, I was and actually about that one, number eight is also a neighbor of India. It's where a lot of stuff is made. Taiwan. Stuff, not Taiwan. Thailand. Thailand. Not Thailand. Uh, and then there's the most populous country in Africa as well. And you've oh, definitely met a lot of people. Is from Malaysia here. the? Not Malaysia. It's a good guess. Uh, number eight is Bangladesh. Oh, Bangladesh, yeah. deceivingly yeah. large. Yeah. Hey, I never would have guessed yeah. that. Um, and number six is Nigeria, the biggest oh. African country. Ah, I was wondering. Oh. And you've probably met a lot of Nigerians, right? So. Well. Uh, all the ones that asked for my money on my email. <laughs> the princes? Yes, you've met the, the royalty. I've met you? more than one prince. <laughs> you've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours with Mariah and Ty, a weekly podcast that brings this dynamic duo to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f they're going to say f Find After Hours with Mariah and Ty wherever you get your podcasts.